When a mind has a tendency towards daydreams, it's a mistake to shield it from them, to ration them. So long as you divert your mind from its daydreams, it will not know them for what they are. You will be the victim of all sorts of appearances because you will not have grasped their true nature. If a little daydreaming is dangerous, the cure for it is not to dream less, but to dream more, to dream all the time. Marcel Proust Welcome to The Mirror, I'm Justin Reed, and how are you all going out there in the mirror world? That's a little uh, Mighty Boosh reference for those of you who know, but wouldn't it be really funny if sort of like almost 20 episodes into this project, I just like completely did a hard right turn and went from, we need to more seriously, um, you know, look at how we create art and how we consume media and, and art and just decide, no, we're, we're going like full YouTube influencer, like, and you're all my, uh, mirror minions and this is the mirror world. What's up mirror family. I think that would be really funny if this was just a huge, um, ruse to just, um, get people to just go straight back into the same, uh, patterns and, and hold that they were in any way. That would be really funny to me, but I'm not sure if, um, you out there would find that funny, but no, I, I will definitely attest to the fact that this is not, um, an attempt at pivoting to becoming a, a TikTok star or, or some kind of like influencer. But, um, today I wanted to do a, another sort of loose episode. I guess you could call it a, an addendum or perhaps a response, maybe a, a mirror image, um, in keeping with the terrible puns of the episode I did a few episodes ago around forming habits and about how I was, you know, um, sort of in a state where I was struggling with, um, keeping up with the things that I'd been doing so well and, and that my, um, creative output was kind of diminished and I was finding it really hard to get into the things that I was getting into just a few months beforehand. And, and the realization came that it was, I just needed to slow down a bit. I just needed to take my time because I was taking in so much stuff, reading all these books and watching so many movies and trying to create things all at the same time. It was kind of like, I don't know if, if you can recall, but that episode of the Simpsons where Mr. Burns goes to his doctor or, or whatever the, the case is. And they find out that he has every known disease known to man, but they are all perfectly working in symbiosis to make sure that his, um, body doesn't shut down and he medically shouldn't be alive, but it's some like marvel of just like how messed up and diseased he is. And that's kind of how I felt was just like cramming my mind and, uh, spirit with all of these different things. And, and not for a bad reason, because I, enjoy them. And because I've been like really hungry for, you know, delving into works of, of film that I, um, have heard a lot about, or I'm particularly interested in, or just, you know, trying new things. And that's been really good. But, um, I think I just increased the speed a little bit too much. So I've been getting back to a more, I guess you could say like, uh, a more comfortable rhythm and pace. And that has been better, not just for, you know, my sort of enjoyment or, um, I guess, learning experience from these, these films or these, these works of art, but also that, um, without having too much information coming in, it leaves me a lot more room for information to come out in the forms of, in the form of creating things. And 
Um, so th- this is kind of like on the other side of that. I just wanted to talk a little bit about like what I've been up to lately and how I've been changing my process even again, or not really changing them, but just sort of taking it to its logical conclusion from, you know, from the start of this project, I, I've outlined how I no longer use social media and how I do my best to try and disconnect from just ingesting media all the time. You know, I'm quite insulated from news, but I also try and insulate myself a lot more from content, um, as it were, which is, as I've, you know, spoken at length about the sort of lowest common denominator, things that we uh, experience in our, in our daily lives because they are easy, they are within reach, they are attainable. Um, go back and listen to the Dosing Culture episodes if you wanted to get a bit of a, a refresher on my thoughts on that as well as a someone who is a lot more, someone who's thought about it a lot more and a lot more detailed than I have in, in the case of Chris Crawford when he wrote those, those essays for Damage Magazine. And yeah, so I, I've just been taking this process to its logical conclusion or, or just further along down the road than I had been before. And I was thinking yesterday about how much um, sort of like I talked about this in episode four about emotion and the subconscious, but like how much sort of these, these moments where we slow down or where we are not like inundated with, with media and we're not inundated with things that we have to do. So moments like when you're in the shower or when you're driving and that seems to be where, um, you know, ideas seem to come from is because there there's downtime there where you're actually stepping away from like the stimulus of the world and your brain can actually think for itself without just being worn out reacting to images all the time. And this, this I think can also be implemented as I've realized by, I guess, allowing time for daydreaming. And if you're a more, uh, committed or a more astute person, I think you would integrate meditation into your daily practice or at least multiple times a week. And you would take that time to, you know, just be mindful of yourself and your body and and separate yourself from all that stimulus. But I don't think necessarily the point of meditation is to go in to a, a sort of, is to go into that state and to pull ideas from it. I mean, it probably happens anyway, because you are, you know, more often than not with most techniques, you're trying to keep your mind blank, keep your keep your your um your thoughts from running too wildly but the thoughts will come but I'm, I'm more talking about sitting sitting there on your sofa in an armchair or sitting in the backyard with with no phone no screen no journal nothing and just forcing yourself to sit there for 20 minutes or half an hour at a time and see what comes because amazingly I've been doing this lately as part of a a more extended um approach to how I, um, operate during the day or, you know, how I, how I, how I live my, my days in the last week or so. And it has been incredibly helpful and rewarding because that, that specific time of not doing anything, but also not trying to clear my mind, just sort of looking around and seeing what's there and not trying to overthink things too much or, lay on myself all the tasks that I need to do for the day, the ideas just seem to come there. And that doesn't happen when you're always being inundated with things. That doesn't happen when you're always just sort of, um, you know, living in this sort of like psychotic world where everything is vying for your attention all the time. And 
we just let it into our world. And so I, I realized a lot about that and, and something kind of hit me a few days ago, about a week ago, I decided to just try something different. And I mean, I've maybe I've mentioned this before, but I think um, this is probably something many people, especially of my age and younger, but I, I think people older as well will probably um, relate to this. But you know, when you wake up in the morning, the first thing that you do is to check your phone. That's That's been my life for at least the last five years. And maybe it's been longer than that. And so the first thing you are doing, and this is again, not very, um, this is not an, a, a unique observation. I'm not sort of coming up with this off the top of my head, but I, I'm realizing this through the actual experience of my life and making a change that this has such a huge impact on your life and your day and your mind and, and how you, you know, navigate the world. And, and for me, I felt like nearly every day of my life, I am constantly behind. I am running late with things. People are pulling me in different directions and I don't really know which way to go. But the only feeling that I have from this experience is a feeling of fuck this. I don't want to do what these people are asking of me. Why are people harassing me? Why am I waking up in the morning and already people have been calling me or people have been messaging me wanting things? And it's not a very good feeling because you are ignoring the fact that you are a person and that you have your own life and your own ideas and you are already giving yourself up to other things because pretty much nothing on your phone is something that you are putting there. Like your phone is an interface for other things to come into your life, whether it's things that you consume or whether it's people to have conversations with you, emails, phone calls, whatever. It is a conduit for those things. It is not, it is not something that you are putting out there. And yes, you are putting things out there for other people. Of course, it's a two-way thing. But when you're looking at your phone first thing in the morning, you are opening yourself to whatever the whatever other people and forces and externalities in the world want for you to do and i've always struggled with this because i've always been someone who has always felt that i can't i can't prioritize me or that um, i can't ignore someone's message or that i need to get back to someone or if i know that they want something from me from me then i have to drop everything and do what they need. And this creates a deep sense of anxiety because I am a, an anxious person as it is already. But to wake up in the morning and the first thing that you're thinking is like, okay, um, suddenly I have to respond to this person and suddenly I have to return this phone call and this person wants this project, whatever it may be. Um, it, it leaves, it has left me living in a state of just uh, calamity, basically. Like there's the, it, it, it might seem like incredibly minor, but just because of the type of person I am and all these things that I experience, you know, uh, self-esteem issues or uh, depression, anxiety, like things that I have dealt with in my life and continue to deal with, um, it compounds and it makes it a lot more difficult. So it just hit me in the last week. I was like, I just, this needs to change. And it wasn't apparent or obvious that that would be a catalyst for something useful. But I just went, I can't continue to start my day by looking at my phone because then I am always in my own mind behind the eight ball. I am always chasing someone else's idea of how I should be living my day. I am not setting my own expectations, my own boundaries. I'm not living my life in a way that makes sense to me. And then it's like, well, 
are you even like a human at that point? Like you're basically just becoming a, a depressed automaton, just like running around doing things for other people. And again, that's probably just my mindset that I, I am, I struggle a lot with like, if someone wants me to do something, it, it, it's difficult to say no, but something that I'm definitely becoming better at and something that I have um, also found through this process is setting those boundaries and, and saying like, no, this is, this is when I will check my phone and that is when I will let these things into my life. So with all that in mind, what I've been doing is I've been waking up in the morning, having my phone not next to me on the bed, which is just where it has been for the longest time because, hey, it's convenient and what's better than waking up in the morning and just getting a hit of dopamine straight away and just looking at your screen and getting that that drug flowing. Like it's the same as drinking coffee in the morning, but um, I would think the effects are probably worse. I don't know. Maybe it's just better to just like mainline heroin first thing in the morning as opposed to like looking at your phone because it probably makes you happier. Uh, and that's not me condoning heroin. I'm just saying like phone bad, I guess you could say. So I've been having my phone separate and I can feel the urge to just want to reach across to my nightstand and look at it. And the way my nightstand is situated, my phone is stacked on top of a pile of books. So I couldn't see it. I can't really reach it very easily. I would have to get out of bed to get it. And I fight those urges. Um, I start my day, I make my bed and then I just ignore the phone, um, go out and have a shower or, or have a coffee, like whichever feels right. I'll, I'll just do whichever one of those. And that's a really important thing is that I'm listening to what I feel like doing. If I'm particularly tired, um, that's where the coffee drug comes in and Hey, I'm not going to knock anyone for doing that one. I'm, I'm absolutely on board with that. Do it as much as you like, as much as you want. <laughs> and, 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 and I hope that with all of this, I, I don't want to, again, I never want to come across as preachy. I never want to come across as, um, telling anyone how they should live their life or what they should do. I'm more just, I'm just someone who sees patterns and sees and senses feelings and emotions. And, and when people tell me what they're going through and what they're feeling, I, I take note of it and whether it's consciously or subconsciously, I see this about the world and I can see where I think the problems are. And then when I find like-minded people who are further along in that thought process, you know, people like the, the, the Chris Crawford article, the, you know, the, the dosing culture article and, and the work of the cinema cartography project, like hearing the way they talk about things and the way that they have kind of dealt with these same problems or are dealing with these same problems and have gone a little bit further at articulating them and, and, and sharing them with the world. That makes me feel like, okay, there is a sort of way out of this, out of this labyrinth and it's not easy, but it is kind of a case of like withdrawing from a drug that you are always dealing with. And that drug is, is my phone and more specifically the pull to um, have my day completely disrupted before it has even begun. And so, so I'll get, I'll get a little bit further into what this has been doing for me now, but basically to give you an idea of the last few days, I've been doing that, waking up, ignoring my phone, making my bed, coffee, shower in whatever order. And then I'll just go and sit down on the sofa or sit down on a chair in the backyard and just, just sit there, just sit there with, no stimulus, no TV on, maybe even no book. Um, and I'll just sit there until I 
have worked through a bunch of thoughts and things will come into my mind and it doesn't really matter what they are, but eventually after 20 minutes, half an hour, maybe longer, I'll get to a point where I have the urge to do something where I'm like, okay, I want to do something or there is a need to do something. And that is usually something to do with creativity. For me, I've been journaling like a, like a madman lately and, and I've also been reading. Like I, I finished my, uh, the first like fiction novel that I have pretty much the first fiction novel that I've read in almost 10 years. And I was doing the math on that the other day and I was like, okay, I've, I've been reading the book Dune by Frank Herbert, which I really enjoyed. And I think, um, is a really worthwhile read if you're into science fiction. Um, definitely if you haven't read it, I would, I would go out and grab a coffee. It's, it's kind of long. It's about 500 pages, but, and, and there is some sort of complex ideas in there, but it's such a well thought out vision of the world. And it's such an interesting interpretation of like spirituality, religion, ecology, like all of these different things at play. So that's um sort of my plug for the book Dune from 1965 or whenever it came out. But it, it kind of blew my mind because I went back and I thought, when was the last time I read fiction and actually properly read it and finished it. And it was the A Song of Ice and Fire books, which was in 2012. So we're talking nine years ago. And I was like, surely it hasn't been nine years since I've read a book. Like I've read a couple of nonfiction things along the way. Um, I guess you could put some of these things in the realm of like creativity and self-help, which is fine, but that's always going to be less challenging because you're not really using your imagination. It's kind of like this podcast. You're just kind of like hearing someone else's take on the world and that can be really valuable. But I think imagination and creativity in terms of like actually reading a work of fiction is when maybe the most powerful connections come because it's not just someone telling you this is how I experience life and this is how maybe it could be helpful to you, which is valuable. Like I wouldn't do this if I didn't think it had some value to well myself, but also value to other people. But when you're reading a work of fiction and especially a book, not just a film, but a book where you are using your brain to imagine the environment, even if it's described to imagine what the characters look like, what they sound like, you are using your brain in a way that almost no other way of being in life, I think, does that. I I can't think of really anything else like you know all types of art will will perk up your imagination uh, imagination in in different ways but a novel like that uh, that uh, a work of fiction of the written word that that to me is almost like the the ultimate use of your imagination because you are literally creating the world within your mind and of course it's probably based somewhat on the world that you see. And of course, people might take the shape of the people that you see in real life or places might have some reality, but that, that texture that you imagine that, that environmental, um, creation in your mind, that is just such a unique thing. And I, and I, and I lament the fact that it's been almost 10 years that I haven't read, you know, works of fiction, but I'm also incredibly happy that I've gotten back to a point where I could, because it's been a rough, like nine years of, of just, being annihilated by content, just becoming, like I said, like the automaton who's kind of like depressedly just reacting to what is happening in the phone, whether it's reacting to people messaging you, reacting to the news, reacting to media and like basing your entire experience around that. 
and maybe it's a scary thing to sit with your own thoughts and I can understand why people are hesitant to do that. I can remember literally saying the words maybe five or six years ago, like, I don't understand how people can be bored. I'm never bored. And I was never bored because I was always shoving something into my brain, you know, like, and that was a, that was out of fear. That was out of fear of having to sit with my own thoughts and actually just work through whatever was going on in my life. And like, okay, sure. I wasn't bored, but I was miserable. I wasn't creating anything. I didn't feel like my life had any meaning or value. And that's always something that I've been acutely aware of in my life, but never really wanting to confront it or able to confront it because sometimes you just don't realize that you are in a bad way, like that you have maybe had five to 10 years of like a bad experience that maybe things haven't gotten better as you've gotten older. Maybe things have actually gotten worse. You're less in touch with your creativity. You're less social as, as we all are. We are all less social than we have ever been. And it's because we can retreat into uh, the online space where we can not just sort of fabricate our own reality, but where we can get the same experiences in terms of like, we can get the same feelings that we would get from seeing other people. We can get pleasure. We can get um, education. We can feel like something good occurred, but nothing actually occurred in the real world. It's a, it's a pseudo experience. And I mean, all of these things play into the reason why I guess like I haven't read a book in a long time, but that's just a little bit of a part of it is that not reading a book is more of a crisis of more, more just a piece of the crisis of like a lack of imagination. And I think I've spoken about this before, but like the thing that I think people really struggle with is to imagine anything better than the situation they're in now. So why would you want to confront the reality of your life? Why, why wouldn't you want to retreat into a, a, a fantasy world of the internet when, you know, maybe you don't have the job that you like, or maybe you don't, um, maybe you're not engaging with your creativity in a way that's meaningful. Maybe you were, uh, someone who writes a lot or someone that paints a lot and you haven't picked up a pen and you haven't picked up a paintbrush in five or 10 years. Maybe you're like me, someone who spent from as early as I can remember reading books and reading novels and fiction because it was just my favorite thing in the world. And I didn't pick up a book in 10 years. The more time that goes on, the more you feel bad about it, the more you repress those feelings. But I guess it's important that you confront that and you actually like try to make a difference. Like I've had multiple stops and starts, but this is the first time that I've really consistently read a book every day for a few weeks at a time. And my goal with it was just to read 25 pages a day. And sometimes I did that. And sometimes I did less, but as long as I was working towards it, I'm building up that, that practice, that discipline that I, I talk about in other areas of, of my life. And I think that's like really important. Um, I didn't really mean to go on such a tangent for just the book, but, um, obviously it's something that's passionate, something I'm passionate about. So, um, I'll leave that there, but that's just one part of what I've been doing every day. So I've been reading every day and these moments where I, you know, just go and sit there with my thoughts and just let whatever come to me. Um, they help me gain a lot of clarity of what I actually want to get done or what I need to get done in the case of my client work recently. And I'm like incredibly stoked because I've been working on this music video for a client for the last eight months. And the reason why, 
and I can be honest about this, the reason why it has taken so long is because, well, there's two reasons. One reason is the relationship, while fine, there's nothing wrong with the relationship with myself and the client. Um, the expectations were just kind of a bit all over the place. And I kind of outlined an idea of what I thought it would be based on their ideas. But because from the get-go, they were kind of giving me their ideas and then I was just kind of adapting them a bit more and then giving them back to them. I wasn't really operating from a place of like any interest or care or honestly, I didn't have an investment in the project past making money. Obviously that's my stake is that they pay me and I complete the work. But because we didn't have a clear vision and because no one was sort of comfortable to take the reins with the project, it just kind of went on and on and on and just sort of changed a lot. And I mean, that's kind of like the worst case scenario. But again, there's the, it, nothing really bad went wrong except for the fact that it just took longer than it really should have. And because of this, because of this, uh, you know, struggle with the creative process, um, personally, because I just felt like I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I wish I didn't say yes, but I have to finish it because you know, we have an agreement and they, at the end of the day, they just want a product that they can be happy with. And I just need to make some money from the work. And, you know, all those things were taken care of, but it was just taking a long time of back and forth of them kind of saying, what if we did this? And me going like, okay, well then I'll figure out how to do your idea and then doing the idea, which is not how I would suggest you work with people. I would suggest that you have a really clear defined idea of everything from the get go. But of course, you know, it just didn't work out that way this time. And, and that's fine. Like, I, I think these, these people are great. I think they're great to work with. I, I really appreciate, you know, their patience to work on an eight month project. And it, and it probably didn't need to take that long, but it's just what happened. Um, so with all that in mind, the more that time went on, the more things changed, the more we were trying different things. And it felt like no matter what we did, nothing kind of landed because we didn't have a clear idea of what to do, the more I just kind of dreaded working on it. And that kind of added to, you know, the, the project taking longer as well, because there was a lot of dead time where I just went like, well, I can't work on this because it's just too depressing. And, um, you know, other projects come and go and things just get pushed back and pushed back. And that's just the nature of things. Sometimes it's not ideal, but it's just what happened. So the first day I started my new routine, that's the word I've been searching for for the last half an hour, but I haven't been able to find it. Um, the first day I started my new routine, I did exactly what I outlined. You know, I started my day without the phone, you know, coffee shower, sitting on the sofa, just thinking and thinking. And then after thinking for a while, I was like, I need to write down a bunch of stuff. So I went down to the backyard with my journal and because my mind was so clear, because I didn't have anything sort of weighing on me and I knew that in my mind, I wanted to finish this video today. And keep in mind, this has been going on for eight months. And every time I look at it, it, it is such a struggle to do anything on it that I usually just open the project and close it because I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing with this. And I know what they want, but I'm like, is this going to be good? Am I just going to put in all this work and it's not going to be good at all? Um, all that swirling around in my mind, but I had a lot more clarity of thought because I didn't think about all that stuff. And I just let whatever needed to come, come. And I was just sitting in the backyard with my journal. And then suddenly I could just see in my mind 
how the video would work and what it would look like and how to take the disparate puzzle pieces of this edit and align them in a way that makes sense. And finally, finally, after like eight months, all it took was like one day of, of changing my routine and sitting down and just letting the thoughts come. And I just quickly like sketched out like, okay, this is the sequence of this troublesome bit of the video. And then, oh, this bit I thought was going to be really hard is actually only one minute of a few little cuts here and there. And as long as I apply these certain effects to it, then it will be fine. And obviously I'm being quite abstract here in like terms of description. It doesn't really matter. What, what matters is the fact that I changed my routine, allowed myself this, this free amount of time without putting the time pressure on me, without looking at my phone and wondering like, okay, who's going to be chasing me for the work? Have they sent me a message? Because when a client sends me a message being like, where is something? My innate sort of, uh, flight or fight response is to just kind of freak out and freeze up and to then feel like crap, I've got to drop everything and work on this. And then you're not operating from a really good state of like creative, you know, work. You're not calm. You're not thinking clearly. You, you, you're not open to ideas. You just feel like you've got to do something. And because you've got that invisible, like, you know, person standing over your shoulder, you, you, you just kind of like, you buy into the fear, the cortisol flows through your body and your work sucks and it takes you longer and then you can't finish things and then you feel bad. So you, you know, you don't finish it that day and you don't get back to the client and then you wait the next day and then they're really chasing you trying to find stuff and then it just gets worse and it turns into a cycle that I've been through many times where, yeah, pretty much things just, uh, just go bad from there and things just take too long. And that's not what happened with this client. They weren't always over my shoulder, but you know, they would be messaging me or calling me and being like, Hey, how's it going? Like, uh, is it done yet? Have you got something for us? And you know, the more that happens, the more it would kind of freak me out. But, and I'm being very candid here. Um, I hope it doesn't come across as like lunacy, but, um, yeah, that's just like the experience that I, that I would feel. And I, uh, all that was gone. All that was gone as I sat in the backyard and just let time passed me by and just looking at the insects flying around and the birds looking for worms in the grass and, and just listening to the trees move. And it sounds so banal, but, um, it was such a beautiful thing because I felt like I, I felt like time didn't exist. It felt like I was just present in a way that I never really get to be. Um, when you live to the clock of, you know, the, the capitalist society we live in. When you live to that clock all the time, you constantly feel like time is running out. You constantly feel like you're being pushed uh, and pulled in a thousand different directions. And, and just, I just can't believe how, how clarifying it was to make that change and then instantly have like a, a reward from it. And so after sort of a half an hour or so of, you know, sitting in the backyard, I went, I'm ready to edit this video. And I went and finished it in like two and a half hours. I, I did it for like an hour and a half. I took a break for an hour or so and then came back and did another hour and it was done. And it didn't cause me pain because I could see how simple this thing was that it's using skills that I have used nearly every day of my life. And all I needed was a, a clear mind to be able to focus. You know, I finished this 
this eight month long leviathan of a project and it was no small project there was special effects work that i was teaching myself how to do uh unique sort of uh sort of little animations and things like that like it 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 really took a lot of my uh learning and thinking power but i i got it done and i sent it to them and they were like yeah it's it's great it's done in one day and i just didn't really know how to feel but i felt i felt proud and i watched the thing and like for months beforehand anytime i would watch or think about this project i would just be like this i hate this i just hate this so much this is my worst work ever but that change in my mindset that came from again like you know just unmooring myself from the internet from from people's demands and expectations from my phone like basically taking the drug away from myself it just made me see a lot clearer in a way that I hadn't for a long time. And looking back on the video and even it's been a week since I finished it and I look back on it again and I'm like, yeah, this is good. And it's like, it's kind of weird and it's kind of silly. And like some of their ideas, I was like, this is not good. But then I watch it and I'm like, yeah, this is, this is great. Like, I don't know how we did this. And, and, and all that changed within a day. So I know that maybe that's a really long way of uh, explaining this, but I, I just need to explain the process as sort of like a record for myself. But I think that if you're feeling any of these same feelings that I'm experiencing, that maybe you could have some value from this, this routine. And for me, I don't usually now pretty much nearly every day since then, I I don't check my phone until three, four, even maybe five o'clock in the afternoon. And granted, I can't say what time I wake up, but I would assume I usually wake up between 10 10 30 and midday anywhere in there so you know maybe i'm not going a full eight or nine hours without my phone maybe it's only four maybe it's only five or six hours but that's still a an entire amount of work day where i'm getting things done and and i repeated this the next two days where i worked on another client's project that I mean, I have a point of reference for it. I, I made a I made a video for them back in 2018 and it took me God, like a month and a half to get it done because of this same project, the same like fear of like, uh, I'm overwhelmed by it. I feel like I have so many things going on. And then when the client asks for it, then I feel pressured. And then it, it makes it like an even harder task. It's like, you know, I'm climbing Mount Everest and then suddenly my bags got like two times heavier. And... Instead, I finished this new project in two days. And again, like mind blowing, like from pretty much from start to finish, like two days of, of work. And I'm not even talking like hard mental work, like things just seem to make sense. I, I wrote a two minute script. I recorded a demo voiceover, found the music, found all the clips, cut them together, color graded them, you know, added some titles, sent it to them. And I was just like, I can't believe that I did this so quickly it just kind of blew my mind to, to a, to a crazy degree. And again, like, I hope this, I hope this doesn't seem like, um, I never want this to seem like a gloating or anything like that, but it's like for someone like me who has struggled for so long to meet client demands, to get things done on time, you know, I really struggle with deadlines to gain, to, to gather sort of any sort of enthusiasm for making work for other people and I finally found the enthusiasm and the enthusiasm comes from being able to get things done quickly because I'm not overthinking them. And this doesn't mean that I suddenly am like, yes, current work is the best. Like I still don't desire to do it. And I still am 
winding down and, and finishing up, you know, the last of, of the projects that I have on my plate right now. But the fact that I could finish these, what seemed monumental tasks in the space of three days to finish an eight month long project in a day to, to take something that had all the expectations of a previous work that dragged on and a client chasing me and even mentioning things to me about like, Oh, I hope this one doesn't take as long as the last one, you know? And like, I understand you, you want your project and if it takes longer because you're waiting for some fucking artist to get their, their, their ass into gear, I mean, why wouldn't you say those things? Of course you want to manage expectations. Of course you want things done to a deadline. But I told him it would take me two weeks and within two weeks he had the project. And the reason I said two weeks is because they had other projects on to finish. And I just am, I'm, I'm very proud of that fact. And I, and I, again, like I just think that by sharing this, that you might get something from it, that you might be able to see a way it, it, of, of realizing that you don't have to live in, in thrall to your, to your phone, to your emails, to whatever it is in your life that maybe you feel like is just weighing you down and stops you from getting to a point of like creating. And I'm, I'm excited to take this to my own work as I'm you know finishing up these client jobs. And it feels like I've been talking about finishing up these client jobs for ages. And, and that's all because I, um, I, I recently said yes to some more of them. And that's because, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times sort of, um, sporadically about me, uh, moving, moving somewhere else than where I'm living right now in North Queensland. And, um, that's had to be postponed a couple of times due to, yeah, lockdowns, uh, coronavirus flare ups and things like that. So, whilst I was here, I just went, well, I may as well do a couple of these projects because they're not a huge time investment and, you know, the money will be good and money is always helpful when you're, you know, a, a working artist trying to sustain a living. So that's why it may seem like I've been for, what are we at? 17. For four months now, I've been talking about stopping and, you know, I made the decision way back at the beginning of this project, which for me, the first recording I think was late November, 2020 shout out to late November. Um, that's when I decided like, okay, I need to not do this work for other people anymore because it's crushing my creativity. And just that alone, that decision alone allowed me to be more creative because I went, you know what, I'm going to take a a month off work. I've spoken about that. I've been incredibly productive with certain things and not that it's all about productivity, but I've, you know, I've gotten to a point where I'm actually like I'm creating more for myself than I'm creating for other people. It may be sort of more of like a 60, 40 split. I'm still spending a lot of time creating work for other people, but Hey, it's paying my bills. And that's a way better situation to be in than just 100% creating for other people and 0% creating for me. And right now, as I'm, I'm recording this, like I'm standing up in my kitchen again and I'm the whole time, I just realized I've been zoning out and just staring at my my painting that I completed and it's such a like transfixing image. Um, I'll have to share it with you at some point. Um, it, it's, it's, it's interesting. I'll say that, but I've just been staring at it and like zoning out and I've written like three or four pages, maybe five pages or so in my journal to speak about. And I've been going for 40 minutes and I've only read half of the first page. So it's like, uh, I'm, I, uh, I, I, I've just been really in the zone and, and that's a cool feeling as well. You know, 
that's that's like part of the 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 ethos of what I've been trying to do here is to like build up a a discipline and build up a repertoire of work and be able to and be able to like be proud of myself that I am spending my time actually creating things and actually doing something that feels valuable to me and this project does feel valuable to me but it's also great that like you know I I can I've been learning things from this process and I've been learning so much about myself from being honest with myself that it is helping me navigate the more challenging parts of my life and career and make that more more easy for me to get through like more easy for me to finish client work and not feel like it's the end of the world when someone's chasing me for a for a video and someone sent me a message this morning saying like hey just wondering where our video is at and I just said yep it'll be done by Thursday and I'm recording this on a Monday usually I would get a message like that freak out and go fuck I need to finish this video right now drop whatever I had planned for the day work on their video for like two hours get nowhere with it because I'm just thinking the whole time about how much I don't want to do this and resenting the fact that like someone is asking me for something instead I more maturely and uh confidently said yeah look um it's going to be a couple more days um I told them like you know I'm working on it but they've even said there's no rush for it and I don't have to feel like just because someone is asking me where something is at that that means I need to you know have a whip cracked over my head and that I need to just buckle down and do things because I've got a life too and I've got plans too and that's something that's very important Um, especially if you're someone who is creative as I would imagine most people listening to this are that you have your things that you need to do your creativity that needs to come to the fore it can't all be for other people because I think you will uh, I think you will experience more misery if that's all it is if you're living the way that I lived my life and like I probably even haven't outlined the extent of it but uh, it's been very dark at times the way that I have just decided that well it's my fault because I said I would do this commercial video work so you know I have to do it and even though I said I want to do it but I don't don't want to do it and I haven't wanted to do it for the longest time but I just keep saying yes because I've told myself well this is it you've got a creative job you know you should be you should be grateful and you should just do it even if you don't like it and it's like well yeah I'm not I don't believe that anymore and I've talked about it ad nauseum like it it's just way better to be on the other side of the fence where not that I came here because the grass is greener but rather because on my side of the fence I was just setting fire to the on on it's just great to be on the other side of the fence where you know, I'm, I'm just being real with myself. I'm being honest. And, and that, that transcends my art creation into my personal relationships, into my life. I mean, on a very personal note, like I, I called my dad yesterday and we spoke for over an hour. And for us, uh, an average phone call might be like 15 minutes. And it's not for any particular reason. But if I had to attribute it to something, it would be why I feel touchy with most phone calls is that I feel like I should be doing something productive with my time. And way back in, I think episode one, I talked about how an important part of creativity, I feel is a sense of, is a, is an amount of waste, is, is, is an ability to work on something, to create things with your time and not have to feel like 
they are particularly working towards an end product. It's different with certain things. Like with a client work, they want a product. They just don't want you to rock up and film something and, and you know, mess around on your computer for a couple of years and then they never have something to, to, to show of it. That's not how it works. But when you're creating for yourself, you need to be able to have that flexibility and that room to make something and decide, oh, this isn't really um, a direction I want to go in. But it was worth pursuing because you learned something. Or to make something that never sees the light of day, to make something for you, to just mess around on something to to just to just to be in the creative process to be doing it that's the important thing and that's i guess where like you know for me that that role is often filled by journaling and it's funny enough because while i don't intend it a lot of the time but a lot of my journaling does end up in a final product and that is the mirror you know i i i always say this is often first and foremost uh a journal for myself, but, um, something that I think is worth sharing with other people. And I'll be as candid and open and honest as possible. And I'm not really afraid to, you know, to, to say, to say how I'm feeling and to talk about like negative things. Um, like I don't, I, I just think it's, it's, it's a, it's a dangerous world when you're, when you're expected to just be positive all the time. And, and not that I think everyone should just be complaining all the time. Like I think it's, useful to be aware of where you're at and to be honest with yourself so that if you do feel like something needs to change if you can feel that thing deep inside yourself that something needs to change that at least you know the layout of the terrain and you can make a change and I think when you're living in delusion or denial just repressing those emotions that's just going to make things a lot worse and I've been down that road and I'm sure I will go down that road again like things come and go ebb and flow and you just have to, again, like try and ground yourself, try and orient yourself. Not, no, no practice is perfect. And maybe you can get there. Maybe you can find some like deep enlightenment. Maybe you can become like David Lynch who makes things every day and meditates and has his routines. And, you know, I, I would say right now I'm closer to that than I've ever been. And, you know, maybe his method doesn't work for me. Maybe everything he does doesn't work for me. I'm not suddenly going to start smoking cigarettes because he extols the virtues of the ritual of a coffee and a cigarette. But, um, you know, the rest of it is pretty useful. And if I can, again, pass on my, you know, experiences and thought processes and they can be useful for you, I think that's, um, I think that's ticking a goal for me is that I could actually help other people. And really, I think helping other people starts with yourself. You have to you have to dig yourself out of the hole first. Um, if anyone's seen Twin Peaks: The Return, you know you've got to you've got to dig your way out of the shit. <laughs> um, you need a golden shovel, and that that golden shovel is self awareness. It is not a silver bullet. It is not um, you know self help books. It is not uh, signing up for some course to make you more productive. It is just slowing down and, and sitting with your thoughts and your feelings and being self-aware. That's what I think anyway. And that's, that's no silver bullet because that takes strength and discipline. It's hard to not look at your phone. You know, it is, it is really hard because, I, and, I, and I'm realizing now more than any other time that like, that my phone is a drug that like, my addiction to it is, is genuine. And, and I would say many people are probably in the same boat where it's like, without this thing, you are naked and you 
are fearful and and suspicious of the world and and and, and it is a a crutch in the same way that in previous generations maybe someone would carry a flask of whiskey around with them when dealing with life and the public because they just couldn't they couldn't get through without it and i can understand why because the world is a painful place and existence is suffering but the way through that is to again to live some like kind of meaningful life and i think if you're a creative person to you that is to spend your time creating things i think about this a lot but i can't even remember where i heard it maybe it was on a joe rogan podcast with michael Pollan. um he's a journalist uh but i could i could be wrong but regardless um someone was talking about like the thing that separates people from maybe i've mentioned this before too but the thing that separates like humans from animals it's not just our consciousness and our ability to be conscious of ourself as a living being and others as a living being and to operate from, you know, a sense of logic or, uh, and, and uh, pattern recognition. But it's the fact that we, we can take our consciousness and we can look at the material world and create something out of that, that we can look at, you know, we can look at, look at the, the landscape and go, it would be nice if there was a structure that we could build and live inside of and that would protect us from the elements of the wind. Like that's what makes humans different from animals is that we create things. We have the capacity to create things and I think that is where we find most of our value. For everyone it is different. You know, maybe it's creating a family. Maybe it's creating a garden. Maybe it's creating a YouTube channel. Maybe it's creating a podcast. Maybe it's creating paintings. Whatever it may be. Everyone has their thing or something that makes sense to them. And I think when you're not able to get in touch with that, I think that that's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a sad thing. And I think that that's where a lot of people's misery comes from is because they just spend so much time, you know, diverting themselves with, with things in media that they're consuming, you know, the, the culture around them, as opposed to actually creating things that they want to see. And I think when we hear this word creativity, we, we think about the arts, especially the visual arts and music. Like we think about painting, poetry, writing, um, filmmaking, photography, uh, music, as I mentioned, theater. That's what people think about, but they don't think about the fact that people build houses, the fact that people pour concrete, again, like building a garden, building a family, like creating things that, that other animals can't make. That's what sets us apart. And I think that's where purpose I think that's where purpose comes from. It may not be the same for everyone. There may be people who aren't creatively inclined, but I still think in their mind they want to create things. And so many people I know who say they're not creative build fucking amazing things, build cabins, build houses, you know, like that is something I want to do. I want to build those things. And I look at them and I'm like, you're not creative, but you can build a place for life to exist and be comfortable. Like that is a beautiful thing. So, um, I'll get onto the other four pages of the episode now as it's nearing an hour long, but, um, there will be less sort of, uh, there'll be less sort of me speaking to dot points and me just sort of reading straight from what I've written down. But, um, you know, I just want to talk about the next steps of this project, The Mirror. Um, it's actually, I think this is my 17th episode and getting close to release. Like, um, to, like I've, I've said to myself that once I hit 20 episodes, then I've shown myself like this project has legs and it's worth 
continuing and persisting with. And um, I'm at episode 17, which is very close to that. And honestly, I did a a sort of like, I have so many ideas for this project and, and maybe some other projects as well. And I just went, you know what, I'm going to write them all down and see how many I have. And it was a beautiful synchronicity. I looked at, I counted them all up after I wrote them down and I have 52 unique episode ideas. One year worth of content ideas already and more are coming in every day. But I thought there was something really beautiful about that, that number that I was like, well, is this something that's worthwhile? Is this something that I'm committed to? Is this something that I am going to continue with? And the more I've done it, the more I've seen the episodes grow, the more I've seen, you know, my progress and listen back to episodes while I'm editing them. The more I feel like this is now a genuine part of my life. And, you know, I said this episode was sort of an addendum to the forming habits episode. And like at this point, it's not even it's not something that I'm forcing myself to do. It's just kind of something that I really look forward to. And I, I look forward to getting to that point where I'm like, yep, cool. I'm ready for the next episode. And I, I'm so, I'm so stoked with the way I've done it. Like, I don't want to sound too congratulate, congratulatory here. It's not like I've, you know, done, done something crazy, but it's also worth recognizing your achievements and worth saying, saying to yourself, like, you know, good work. And I'm saying to I'm saying that to myself now like good work on on recording like almost reaching that goal that I've set out for myself that goal of that goal of 20 episodes as just the starting point like that's half a year of podcasts because these are coming out weekly and when I first started this I didn't even have that goal I just said I should just start recording stuff and see what I feel like and maybe I'll release them monthly because I feel like you know, if I put that pressure on myself to do things too often, I'll just end up doing it for the sake of it and then I won't enjoy it. And, you know, again, again, going into that cycle of just living to other people's expectations or what you, maybe what you imagine their expectations are based on the, the expectations you put on yourself. And after I got a few episodes in, I went, no, screw this. I'm, I'm releasing this weekly because it's good enough that I'm going to be making more and I know it's going to be good, but I'm just going to get to a point where, you know, I'm sort of however many months ahead of the release schedule and people are just hearing them later. And it doesn't matter because from the get go, you know, my, my idea was to create more, a more like evergreen and timeless style of content. And it doesn't matter if you're hearing something six months out of whack, because I'm not exactly talking about the latest news. I'm just sort of talking about where I'm at in my life and what I'm processing and, and sort of how I see the culture and where I feel like the culture is going and how we can shape culture through our own create creativity, basically. So yeah, it's, um, it's getting close to release now. And um, I just need to sort of finish up my website, which is going to host all the sort of membership details and then going forward as I continue to work on it, my, my, uh, platform where you'll be able to see private works of art and sort of like personal updates that I won't be uh, posting anywhere else. Those are just for members. Um, but I also, I was really stoked when I, I listened back to the, the episode I did about contemporary naturalism and, uh, you know, the film, the master and, and the work of Paul Thomas Anderson. And I'd been thinking for a while about like, how can I, how can I roll um, specific works of art into this project? And 
I didn't, again, I didn't want it to just be sort of like, here's my review. Is it good or bad? Because I think like a, a large problem with the culture is that like the commentary and the criticism that people have is too focused on like, is this good or bad morally, or does this have the right politics? And, you know, I, I want to do critical, critical like analyses of, of film and art that I find meaningful, like, or exemplary in some way. And I think we need more work like that. There are people doing it like, uh, the, the film critic, Nick Pinkerton, I think his, his work is absolutely worth looking up. I mean, he wrote like a, a nine God, I reckon it would probably be like a 9,000 word essay or something on David Lynch's uh, and Mark Frost's Twin Peaks, The Return. And it was amazing to just hear someone talk about, you know, actually like the form of, of, of film, like the cinematography, the production design, and to talk about themes and like actually talk about like the fucking story and the characters, as opposed to talking about like, well, this is why, um, (laughs) this is why, um, you know, here's 10 Easter eggs that you missed in Marvel's the Ant-Man, or this is why, um, Walter White is, is a white supremacist or something like that. It's like, okay, that sure that probably has its place, but it's like, can we talk about art from an artistic standpoint? Can we actually talk about the formal qualities of what makes a work of film great or not great? Can we actually analyze those things from a a standpoint of like expertise. And and I've heard Nick Pinkerton talk about this too, is that there is just such a, a death of expertise, not in, not in just art creation. And I've talked about this with, you know, the way that art has been completely overtaken by the idea of content as opposed to, you know, shaping some kind of meaningful work and releasing it to people and, and exhibiting it in a, in a meaningful way that they can actually take something from it but also in, in the criticism world and also like the, the, the culture, the commentary culture around um, the culture that we have, it has just been turned into yeah a bunch of people just talking about, is this morally good or bad? And what are the politics of this work? And of course, like politics is an important thing and it should, politics and art are absolutely related. I don't really think that anything can be apolitical because even if you don't have an explicit political message, even if you're not thinking on political terms, um, everyone has politics that they are coming to art with. So there is always that angle and that's going to be valuable. But I wouldn't say that there are many talented people doing that. There definitely are. And, you know, people like uh, Chapo Traphouse are, are a great example of that. But they understand these things too, that talking about the formal qualities of a work is very important. And you know, so we need people like them, like Nick Pinkerton and the cinema cartography as well. Like I talk about them a lot, but I think they are exemplary of, I guess you could call them critics and and they are artists to themselves, but in their critical work, they actually talk about these things from, from an interesting standpoint, from people who understand the language that people who understand cinema and can open your mind to things because of their knowledge, because of their expertise. I don't remember reading any sort of mainstream articles about like, you know, I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say I'm amazing, but I just think that like, I'm going to create things that I don't see anywhere else. And I don't see anywhere else people talking about the, the contemporary naturalist approach of like Paul Thomas Anderson's work. Not to say that it doesn't exist, but it's like, that's not what content that's easily accessible. Um, that's not where people are going with it. And I think if we want, 
a better world, if we want, you know, a better culture, culture has to rise to the occasion. And right now it's not. So if I feel like my work and the work of these people is trying to do anything, it is just trying to rise the, um, you know, to, to, to raise the, the level of, of the conversation and to bring the discourse to a point where it's like, okay, let's stop just talking about who's bad and who's good and who's got the right politics. And let's talk about like the fucking art and what it means and what, what it can tell us about ourselves or, or not tell us about ourselves. And a big part of that is like not giving energy to things that you hate. Like so many people make content that's just like, this is the, this is the worst movie ever or you know, um, even some of these more like mainstream, I guess, reviewers and cultural critics, they will still review things that they don't like and, and tell you why it's bad and why you shouldn't watch it, why it's racist or why it's sexist or whatever the hell, like, and I don't believe that art is a place where that can make you morally. It's not a, it's not a thing that can change you morally. Like you are who you are and you're reacting to the circumstances of the world, but art is not, like you can't watch a piece of art and then become racist. You can acknowledge that it has racist things in it, but it's not going to make you a racist. You already had those ideas within you before because of the society at large. And and I heard this, I read this really great quote in, in Dune where um, one of the sort of, I guess, antagonists says or, or thinks um, there's a sort of like a rise in religious fervor in, in one of the, the key planets in the story and one of the antagonists either says or thinks um, repressing a religion gives it strength. And I thought that was like so, ex- so such a great description of where we're at in this moment is that the reaction to bad culture seems to be, let's just complain about how bad culture is. And that's like, I definitely think I partake in that in some part and you could probably read that into the work that I do on the mirror. But I think I don't focus on the bad elements of culture and then just feed them with my hate, but rather I think that I like to think that I take a more positive attitude to creating like work that I like or, or even love. And part of that is this project where I outline different ways forward. I think you can't just, it's like if you went to the doctor and he looked at you, figured out what was wrong with you and then just said, take these pills. Like you'd be a bit like, okay, why am I taking these? What's wrong with me? You'd, your mind would start racing. You'd be wondering why he's leaving you in the dark. Like, if, again, I'm not a doctor. Don't take any medical advice from me, but I would think maybe I'm a cultural doctor um, in terms of like, before I can articulate a vision of the future, I need to understand the layout of the land. Again, it's not just about understanding the terrain of your own self, but understanding the world and the culture around you. So, I'm articulating things that I see that I don't think are ideal or things that I think um, were better in the past or things that I think that have just been synthesized into a new mode of being that I just, I just despise and I don't want any part of it. But I need to articulate that before I can articulate a vision forward, I think. Uh, not everyone needs to understand and you don't always need to convince everyone that everything is bad, but rather what they need to see from you if you're an artist or if you're creating things, I think is they need to see a different vision of the future. They need to see a positive vision of the future. Um, and you know, take that politically or take it, not politically, take it however you want. But if you're wanting to change things, if you 
part of your arts practice is to look at the world and go, I don't like what I'm seeing. I want to see things in a different way. Then you should follow that. You shouldn't just stick with what everyone else is doing. If you're really interested in creating something, maybe you shouldn't just review the books that exist that are bad. Maybe you should go and write your own books. You know, maybe you can do something more positive and again, that's not to be delusional and just act like everything is fine and dandy if it's not, but rather positive in terms of like, I'm going to create an image. I'm going to make a painting, a film, a a song in the way that I want to. And like, I've dealt with a lot of really sort of like, I guess you could say darker or more aggressive styles of art. Like I have made my more popular accessible commercial work but I also you know I make metal music I make some quite dark paintings a lot of my films are quite sad and melancholy and like that's just to me it may not be positive in its message or positive in its attitude um, or positive in it in its meaning but um, I am coming at it positively I am I am shaping the things that I feel and see and reacting to them and creating them into a work of art that looks like and feels like and sounds like something that I want to see in the world that I can't see otherwise. That is the role of the artist. It is not to just look at the status quo and say, okay, let's just follow that. Everyone's doing that. And that's why you can't really call all this content art because people are just looking for an opportunity at like, okay, how can this get views? You know, how can I succeed? And how can I make a living from this? And again, I understand all of that economic circumstances, uh, seem to shape everything. And that's why I guess I would say I'm a materialist because I think it is, you know, the material world that shapes our, our beliefs and our values and how we live our lives and the politics that we have and things like that. But if you just take part in that, if you just stick with the status quo, you know, follow the the cultural norms, you are in, in essence becoming a part of that ideological project because there is an ideology behind all of this. There is a And I guess Mark Fisher called it capitalist realism. And and I've talked about it a little bit before about like, you know, no one can imagine a vision of the future, but they can imagine maybe becoming a YouTube entrepreneur because that seems like the only thing that can make anyone money these days. So everyone just debases themselves and goes and makes the same kind of content that everyone else makes and just copies the forms that they see in front of them. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. And it doesn't work because you're not doing something that actually is valuable to yourself and it has to be valuable to yourself before it can be valuable to anyone else. Because if it's not, you're not being truthful. And, you know, Andre Tarkovsky always said like, truth is the ultimate thing he is looking for. Now, truth is subjectivity because truth comes from your experiences and your belief. And that means that your truth might be different to someone else's. But again, that's really important because to quote June again, um, I mean, I can't quote it exactly, but there's a quote in there in, in the in the book somewhere about how if you only have one type of plant on a on a planet or in an area without having biodiversity, eventually it will just turn into a desert because everything is the same and things will just stagnate. You need diversity. We need different types of art, different types of visions, different types of ways of people doing things for our culture to be better. And I'm not saying change the culture, change the world. I mean, I'm not really saying anything. I'm not prescribing anything in terms of politics. I don't have a articulated ideal way forward out of like political problems, but, and that's not what this project is for, but at the very least change yourself, 
change the culture? Question mark, question mark. Who knows? We'll have to see. But you, you have to do it anyway. Because otherwise it's like, what's the point? Do you want to look back on your life and be proud of the fact that you spoke, to, you, to use a term that I don't usually use, but spoke your truth? Or do you want to feel like, well, at least I bought all those board games out of my own money and reviewed them so that I got 200 views on them, you know? Sure, I spent my, my finite resources on something that no one really cared about because maybe I didn't really care about it or maybe I should have just spent my time playing the board games as opposed to making all these videos about how great the board games are. And if that's something that you do, I mean, you know, again, there's no judgment. I'm not judging anyone particularly for the decisions they make. I just feel like not many people are operating or there is a certain amount of people who are not operating from a sense of self-awareness and that's where the misery comes from. So yeah, rather than, rather than, I guess, like just complaining and, and, you know, just focusing your energy on things you hate, make something better or at least something different. And, and it's not just about the work itself, but it's also about like forging a way forward and like this alienating world, you know, (laughs) like it is, it is pretty alienating. And, and I think that's for me, that's where the mirror comes in is that I also want to like chart the cultural landscape of contemporary art and cinema and to, to highlight some important works to me that I feel like they have value and they're not just what's current and what's popular. And like, you know, sometimes maybe these things will intersect because I do, I do check in with what is happening in the world currently, but I also like to go back in time and experience, you know, works from decades ago, from a hundred years ago, from hundreds of years ago. So yeah, it's, 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 sometimes these things will intersect, but it's more about like mapping out a personal canon of works that I think are significant and meaningful to me that I'm the curator of and, and not just an algorithm. It's not just marketing dollars that are shoving the latest, you know, Netflix piece of shit in your face. But um, it's, it's something that I, I want to highlight to people and I think would be worth exploring. And then maybe you can create your own personal canon of works that that you think are really meaningful and that you'd like to share with people and that we can continue to share with each other, like different, different types of work that people wouldn't expect. And, you know, I'm, I'm really proud, like I said, of the work that I've done so far and the future of this project honestly just feels so full of promise. And it's, it's really steady in a way that no project of mine ever has been before. And, um, you know, if I'm, if I'm completely honest, um, it's because I've never really created anything that made sense to me before, like that actually interests me or that felt like worthwhile pursuing. That isn't just, uh, what's trending or what a client is paying me to do. And I think that's a really special thing. You know, I'm, I'm proud and and I hope that in your life, whatever you've got going on or however you're living your life as an artist or not, that you're able to carve out just a, a slice of that life for your, for your passionate or all consuming or daydreamed thoughts and feelings to be expressed in some way. Like I said, it doesn't have to be traditional visual arts or or music or theater. Like if your thing's building a shed, go build a shed. If your thing's tending to your garden, go tend to your garden. Like everyone has to find something that makes sense to them. Once you start to feel like you're creating things and you have some like kind of purpose in your life, then you can, then you can build from there and then maybe you can help other people in other ways. And I think that's an important thing too, is that I think we all want to help each other. We're just so lost and we're just so, we're just so alienated from each other. Everything feels so distant, but 
coming back to my, my daydreaming is like important things come to the front, you know, before I would take this time in the last week, I would think, Oh, I should call my parents. Oh, I've got so much on. I'll call them later. And then yesterday it just hit me. I was like, oh, I really want to talk to my dad. It's been a couple of weeks and I feel like it would be great. And I just did it and we spoke for an hour. And then I spoke for another 40 minutes with my mom after that. And it was like, we don't often, we don't often do this. And it, and it's, I know why it's because I'm distracted, you know, and there is so much to distract you in this world, but those distractions, I, generally you hate them. <laughs> I hate them. They, they're not, they're not sustaining you. They're not fulfilling you. They're not making your own private world better. It makes my world better to know that I've checked in with my parents and we've had a good conversation and we've talked about what's going on in our lives. And the same with my sisters and the same with my friends. Like honestly, more than work in the last like week, I've, I've just been having these like two to three hour phone calls with friends of mine as well as my family. And that's been a beautiful thing too, because that is time again, that is not quote unquote productive, but it is fulfilling. And that allows you to be in, in a better state of, of, of spirit of mind, even in body, because how you feel in your body is linked to your, your mind and your emotions. And that, allows you to be more productive. I've been productive because I've been in a better state of mind. I've been able to create things because I've been putting up boundaries between myself and, and distractions and things trying to divert me away from what's important in my life. And to be comfortable with that, it takes effort and it takes time, but you won't regret it. I absolutely will say you won't regret it because I mean, again, like it's not like I'm trying to get a medal here for creating almost 20 podcasts, but it's like, you know, almost 20 hours of recorded material that is original, that is coming from my own, my own thoughts and my own life and my own research and artists and, uh, you know, different cultural artifacts that I'm interacting with. That's not nothing. That is, that is a huge achievement coming from having none of that. And if you can get those things of your life in order, and if you are struggling with those things, I think that you you can get to that point too. And you will start to look at yourself and go like, okay, well, what else is possible? Because I'm sitting here and I'm going like, okay, like this project, um, as I've said from the beginning, like uh, I'm an artist first and that's something that's taken me a long time to realize. I'm not a commercial filmmaker. I'm an artist. And, and that's, that's where I'm most comfortable because there's a lot of flexibility involved with that. And it allows me to just sort of explore into whatever medium, whatever realm, whatever thing that interests me at the time. And this podcast, it's like, it's not like it's less important to me, but it, it's a, it's an effort. It's a, it's a project that is supplementary to that goal of creating art, but it's no less a labor of love. Like I write for it every day. I'm constantly planning, scheming, reassessing where I'm at with, the, uh, with things, but I'm just so thankful to have this consistent endeavor creatively because it's, you know, it's not just rewarding in and of itself, but this momentum and seeing this project grow and being able to externalize my ideas and feelings have helped my other creative endeavors. And, and they're, in, they're increasing in, in productivity as well. Like I said, like I've finished a painting, I've started a second one. 
I've been reading a lot more. I finished a 500 page novel that was like not, not an easy thing to read. I've been writing a lot and I guess almost most importantly, but like a major goal of mine for the last few years that has honestly seemed like an impossible task is to write my own screenplay and to produce that into a narrative work of film. And I can say that I've finally begun. Like I have some ideas that I'm really happy with. I've got, I've got the core of the story and um, a bunch of like, I've been location scouting and like, I, I haven't been doing it in a sort of condensed way. Like not like, you know, going out and getting funding and then trying to produce this thing really quickly, but I'm taking my time with it as I am with nearly everything else. And it's unknown territory. And my feeling is that I'll probably need another one, maybe even two years to work on it before it materializes into a tangible end product. But honestly, who knows? Like I'm just going to take the ride and, and keep chipping away at it. But that's, that's an amazing thing too, to, to know that on my computer right now is a document that is the beginning of my first original work of narrative fiction. And knowing that it's not a direct copy of something else. Like I, it has a lot of influence from a lot of the, you know, filmmakers and artists that I, I deal with, but a lot of these ideas are original and are coming from that downtime, like things that I've seen as I'm walking around or or driving around things that I've worked on, on the past. And it seems like a, it's going to be a really, I mean, I don't want to say too much about it because it's going to be possibly years away, like I said, and it's a long-term project and it's, it's just at its earliest infancy now, but that is, that is a concrete thing that I've, I never thought was going to be possible because I was just like, where the hell do I start with something like this? And it took me going through this whole process of the last four months, but you know, in four months or sorry, it's probably five months at this point. Um, I've created all these podcasts. I've, I've yeah started painting, reading and writing just religiously almost. And beginning a screenplay like that's I just didn't think it would happen because before when I was just you know stuck in the in the world of just ingesting content all the time and listening to political podcasts about how fucked everything is um I was like what's the point nothing's ever going to get better why would I pursue something in this world um yeah that's that's a very nihilist way of looking at the world that that's not a that's not a useful thing and I think I am in a way better state of mind now. I'm a way better, like just like physical existence and it's possible. That's all I can say. And again, I never want to, I never want to sit here and like extol the virtues of my own practice. Like I am, you know, some Messiah figure or like I have um, all the answers. Like I I just want to share from me to you my experience and, you know, as always, you're always welcome to contact me and, you know, just tell me what's going on. And, 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 um, I'm always open to that. You know, I'm not always going to get back to people very quickly or straight away because of how I live my life and, and the, the way that I'm, you know, practicing these daily routines. Like I try to not sit on my computer very often. I try to, uh, not be on my phone very much, you know, like I don't have email on my phone. I just have, two messaging apps and I mute a lot of people because I, uh, there's, there's no reason for them to contact me all the time and I'll just get to them when I get to them. And if they 
particularly message me a lot, if they're particularly chasing me for certain things, I just put them on mute because I know I will get around to contacting them, but, uh, I don't need to see it there. It doesn't need to be in my face. And, uh, yeah. Oh, so I'm going to leave it there today, folks. Um, I went a bit longer than usual, but I hope that, you know, as always, you can get something from this. And, and yeah, I just want to thank you all for, for listening and for your support. Um, it's, it's exciting to be at this point and, you know, things come and go like the forming habits episode. I, I like to think I was really candid about what I was struggling with at the time. And I think that's an important thing too, is for you to see that it's not just all everything going fine all the time, you know, making changes. It's difficult. It's really difficult. And I mean, I, I've been making changes in my personal life as well. And if I'm quite honest, I've been sort of, I don't want to say losing a lot of relationships and friendships, but they have been kind of fizzling out or falling apart. And I think that can be hard and that can be painful and no one really likes change, but it's like, it's like kind of like shedding your skin, you know, like you, you, you kind of need to do it to become the new person or the, or the person you're, you feel like you need to become. And sometimes there are roadblocks in the way. And sometimes those roadblocks are people and relationships and their expectations. And that doesn't mean, you know, you should wake up tomorrow and throw away everyone in your life or just get rid of all your things. Um, it's a sustained process of like working out over time what your life should look like and what works for you. Cause what works for me may not work for you, but at least, um, you have a blueprint you know, at least that's, and I guess that's why self-help books are so popular, but it's also a danger because people just get addicted to reading self-help books and not actually implementing what's in the self-help books. And if I'm honest, most self-help books probably say the same things and it's probably very similar things to what I'm saying now. But I think what can be useful sometimes is hearing it from someone that you know or someone that you trust. So yeah, don't get addicted to your phone and don't get addicted to self-help books. <laughs> So yeah, thank you again. Um, I'm going to leave you there and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening, week, weekend, whatever you're up to. Um, go sit outside for a while. Leave your your phone or your book or your um, your journal or whatever else, your computer. Leave it, leave it inside and just sit with your thoughts and see what comes up. Could be something magical. Maybe not, but if not, don't put pressure on yourself. That's not the point. These things take time, you know it may seem like to you, oh, wow, he pumps out a podcast every week, but it's a slow process. And sometimes I don't create them for two or three weeks. And that's just how it is, you know? So yeah, take care of yourselves and I'll chat to you again very soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Mirror. The Mirror seeks to provoke questions around the way we create and experience art. And it's my sincere hope that in some way it helps you in your own creative practice and perhaps your life beyond. If this project reaches you in some way, helps you reflect or reframe, or indeed provokes any kind of feelings within you, I'd love to hear from you about it via the contact form on my website. I really appreciate your engagement with The Mirror. You can support me and the work that I do by becoming a sustaining member for as little as $40 a year by signing up at justinreed.com.au slash support. You will help me continue to create exceptional work, feel great about directly funding compelling art, and you'll also receive a bunch of great benefits, including access to exclusive films, artworks, and behind-the-scenes material on my membership platform that you can't experience anywhere else. 
discounts on my online store, and higher tier subscribers even get free access to all of my premium films before anyone else. So become a sustaining member and sign up at justinreed.com.au slash support. You can also support the show by subscribing to my YouTube channel and listening to full episodes of The Mirror there, complete with meditative, original visuals created just for this project. Our fantastic music is written, produced, and performed by Annalisa Vitrugno, with drums contributed by Giacomo Greco. All of these details and links are included in the episode description. And until next time, I hope you're out there creating great work on your terms. I'm Justin Reed, and you have been listening to The Mirror.